You're listening to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, and my goal is to empower you to become the alpha of your health. Welcome back to another episode of Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. Today's episode is going to be on methylation. We're going to talk a little bit about what that means and how that can support your hormones, detoxification, your immune system, cardiovascular health. And we're going to talk about also some ways that we can measure methylation. How do we know if we might be struggling with something like this? And I am just going to preface this by saying, if you do not follow Dr. Ben Lynch, he is the... He is just so amazing at explaining this. Um, Actually, a lot of what I'm referenced in today's episode comes from his book, Dirty Genes, um, a breakthrough program to treat the root cause of illness and optimize your health. Great book. I read it back in 2020, and I'm constantly looking it over because it's just it's just filled with very tangible knowledge. I think genetics can be very confusing, right? Methylation. We throw out all these different acronyms of genes, COMT, MTHFR. We're like, is that a bad word? Like, what does that even mean? (laughs) Um, And a lot of this stuff can definitely be overwhelming. And so hopefully in today's episode, you guys are going to get a lot of tangible things that you can maybe self-evaluate yourself a little bit. I'll kind of give some common, some common symptoms, signs and symptoms, things that these things could be not functioning maybe as optimally as we'd like. And obviously, the whole goal of this podcast, give you plenty of tangible tips to be able to support your body. If you suspect any of these areas need a little bit of work. And if you want some continuing knowledge, his book is a must read. I had everybody read it. I had my mom read it. Actually, I'm holding her book right now because um, I know it's hers because I wrote her a cute little note when I gave it to her and uh, and it was in the book. Um, So I grabbed it after she had passed away. But um, this is a really important topic, and I think what got me interested in this stuff in the first place was when my mom's cancer journey started. You obviously go down all the rabbit holes, right? Um, And one thing that we discovered with her cancer, she wasn't a great detoxifier, comes to find out she got genetic testing done. Oh, she does have an MTHFR mutation. So what does that mean? How can we support her? And we are going to talk about the MTHFR mutation today, but first I just want to start by talking about what is methylation and truly the root cause of almost any disease, whether it is cancer, autoimmune, thyroid, hormonal issues. Um, We talk about all the neurologic issues, uh, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, ADHD. A lot of even times metabolism based can really suffer with methyl or not suffer, but not be optimal methylators. And essentially methylation is the process of adding a methyl group, which is one carbon and three hydrogen atoms to something, whether that's a gene, an enzyme, a hormone, a neurotransmitter, which neurotransmitters are, I guess you can think of them kind of similar to hormones in the set fact where it's kind of like a chemical messenger, but the neurotransmitters are things like your dopamine, your epinephrine, your norepinephrine, adrenaline, those types of things, um, vitamins, all of those different types of things. So um, when this system isn't optimal, you can have certain genes be expressed that otherwise we wouldn't want them to be expressed. So I hate when people just play the genetic card. Oh, my genes are horrible. That's why I am this way. 
we get dealt the hand that we're dealt and that's that's one thing but the amazing thing is is there's something called epigenetics which is how our genes are expressed so you can think of this essentially as a lot of people say like uh, gene genetics load the gun but epigenetics is what pulls the trigger so genes is what you're dealt but epigenetics is essentially how you are expressing those genes that's all going to determine if those genes are expressed. So that really boils down to your environment, what your nutrition looks like, what your lifestyle looks like. All of that is going to impact genes. I mean, we look at BRCA, which is a breast cancer gene. Only 5% of breast cancer cases are BRCA or genetic. You know, we estimated that 7% of all cancer cases, 7 to 9% of all cancer cases are genetic. The rest, what do you think that is? That's that's all environment. It's all lifestyle. Um, so just because you have something doesn't mean that's how your body is going to express it. So um, methylation, 85% of it takes place in your liver. So I feel like that's why a lot of people associate methylation with detoxification. And it is a huge portion of that, especially um, because of what's going on with methylation. A lot of it is supporting detoxification, but um, methylation supports genetic expression, helps you turn off genes that we don't want on. Um, You know, we think of methylation as kind of like a great checkpoint for helping to prevent cancer because it kind of is, is, is again, that checkpoint. So it's stopping genes that we don't want to express to be expressed. It helps convert um, food and energy and nutrients into energy. Food is fuel. Um, so if we're struggling with metabolism and with utilizing food properly, if you're really struggling with certain fat stores or being able to have a healthy metabolic health, methylation could be very much so a component. Um, it's very protective for your cells, helps your brains and muscle, muscle health because um, methylation can help your body produce creatine, which some people can take supplementally, of course, but um, we, we can make it naturally and we can also get it through food, assuming our nutrition is good. Um, helps you balance your neurotransmitters. So neurotransmitters are really responsible for our mood. So low dopamine, we're going to seek dopamine in other ways. We're going to be craving, we're going to be kind of addicted to things like social media, chocolate, really hyper palatable food, adrenaline and uh, epinephrine, norepinephrine. Those are kind of like our stress hormones. We could be like adrenaline junkies or we can just have a hard time maybe regulating our mood, regulating our stress. Um, it's really, methylation is really responsible for like that stress relaxation response. So if you feel like you're somebody who really struggles to go, to be able to self-regulate. So you, if you're in a sympathetic stress state, it's very difficult for you to come out of that. You might need a little bit of methylation support. Detoxification is huge. It's our body's just natural ability to eliminate chemicals that are harmful, including environmental, heavy metal, hormones, um, things from food, toxicants, um, et cetera. But Um, because methylation is really dependent on if our body is able to produce glutathione or not. That is a huge reason that can affect detoxification and overall toxic burden because glutathione is your body's master antioxidant. It is like the creme de la creme of antioxidants and our body makes it if we give it the right resources to do so. So glutathione can help your body detoxify hormones if there is any dna damage we which you know can happen through various forms of estrogen detoxification or uh, toxic support glutathione can really help to undo a lot of that stuff so essentially if we can support our methylation you are going to get your body detoxifying more efficiently 
Methylation helps a lot with immune response. It's a huge, huge, huge component for cardiovascular function because of the excess inflammation that can sometimes happen, especially if we measure homocysteine. So conventional labs and homocysteine will be brought up again, but conventional labs measure homocysteine and usually don't flag it until it's above 13. I don't like to see it above seven. Um, and that's a huge contributor to inflammation. And sometimes if methylation or if, excuse me, if homocysteine is high, it could indicate that you need some methylation support or you have something like an MTHFR mutation that's not well supported. Um, we talked about the DNA repair, etc. So how do we, how does methylation get impacted? I mean, the first thing is definitely in our lifestyle would definitely be the food that we're eating. Are we eating uh, processed foods? Are we eating, are we getting enough of the cofactors that need to go around the methylation cycle? So if you ever took a basic science class, a biochemistry class, remember all the different circles and arrows and with all those circles and arrows, there's just tons and tons of B vitamins. I remember that from like the Krebs cycle and, um, the electron transport chain and all of these things that I was just like, this is so stupid. But it's so fascinating now that I actually see how it, you know, when you're learning about it and you're just trying to like process all of these arrows, it's, it's hard to kind of think of those things. But when you are really understanding how it works in real life, it's very fascinating how much nutrition your body needs. And we look at our food now and if we're not eating fresh nutrient dense foods, we can see how easy it might be for our bodies to not be functioning properly and how we might have all these different issues. Um, and then we think of, okay, now we fortify everything. So we we're having, we're stripping all the nutrients out of wheat and we're, we're pushing cereals and breads that are fortified with fake vitamins that aren't even loaded with real vitamins because we've stripped them all away. And then we're also pushing synthetic vitamins like folic acid. Folic acid is the synthetic form of folate. Folate is what's naturally occurring in your body. And if you struggle with methylation or you have any type of like MTHFR, folic acid is not going to benefit you the way that folate will because folic acid can block the receptors of folate and can therefore make it very difficult to get the actual sources that you're getting through food and assimilate those. So even for people who they don't even know if they're having an issue with methylation, I'm always suggesting methylfolate or as opposed to synthetic folic acid. So if you're taking a B complex or a prenatal, turn it over and just double check that you're getting the good, you know, synthetic or the good natural form. Natural folate is very, 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 very high in things like liver. It's nature's multivitamin. That's the best way to get it. You can take it. That's why I'm so big on taking a desiccated form of liver because it has everything. It has not only folate, but B2, which is riboflavin, which is also needed for methylation. B12, very, very responsible for methylation. And so um, getting those through whole food forms is, is going to be very, very important. Um, if you're doing methylation can be very much so supported through exercise. There's actually a study done through the Karolinski Institute uh, in Stockholm where they essentially had someone bike with one leg and one leg didn't move. And after three months, they measured the methylation activity in that one leg. And it was, uh, there were 5,000 sites on the muscle cell geome that showed new patterns of methylation, but only on the side that exercised. So just kind of showing what exercise can obviously do for methylation. You obviously want it to be in a balance. We never want to be overtraining, but we always do want to be moving in our body in a way that's right for us because that can be a very simple 
easy and cheap way um, that we can support methylation, really focusing on sleep because poor sleep is going to slow methylation. Uh, Melatonin is very, it's a very interesting portion of kind of the whole methylation cascade. You actually make more melatonin when you are methylating better. So um, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Stress is very important. Um, And then other barriers to methylation. Alcohol is one of the worst. Um, Anything that's going to bog down your liver, but obviously alcohol does. Um, So it's interesting if you're like me and you over your journey have realized that it really doesn't make you feel good. Well, might because you kind of maybe struggle with methylation or liver health and need more support in that area. So that's why limiting it is probably going to do nothing but help you. Antacids, heavy metals, infections, um, yeast overgrowth or candida, which is actually very interesting for methylation. It's kind of a very vicious feedback cycle um, that kind of almost self-perpetuates with the yeast overgrowth. Um, SIBO is also, and other gut infections can definitely impact methylation as well. Um, But you are really going to want to focus on a diet rich in methyl donors. So methyl donors are things like B vitamins, magnesium, um, and then SAME is is one that we will talk about pretty extensively when we talk about MTHFR. But um, you want to make sure you're doing the right amount of exercise, definitely avoiding environmental chemicals through food or personal care or home whenever you possibly can. And maybe if you struggle with methylation, you just find that you you are significantly more sensitive to some of these things, which I know I most certainly am. Um, You can do certain genetic testing to see if you have something like the MTHFR, which we're going to go into a little bit now. But um, MTHFR stands for methyl tetrafol. tetrafolate hydrate reductase (laughs) and um, it is essentially a a component of the methylation cycle so um, this is really common if you kind of are wondering if I like how Dr. Ben Lynch refers to it he kind of refers to them as dirty he doesn't so that you can kind of clean up your genes through epigenetics so you can kind of here are some things that are associated with MTHFR Um, hypothyroid uh, white blood cell count more on like the low side. Um, if you're very sensitive to different medications, uh, pharmaceuticals, nitric oxide, like if you were going down for like a laughing gas procedure, um, if you've had IVF or, you know, pretty extensive fertility treatments, if, um, you have a lot of cramping or clotting, if you've checked your homocysteine levels and they're higher than seven, I really don't, like to see them higher than seven, although the labs, like I said, will go up to 12 micromoles per liter. Um, if you get your folate and B12 levels and they're elevated, because that can show that your body's having trouble with assimilation. So sometimes people will say, oh, I don't need B vitamins because my, my B12 is off the chart. Well, that's that's not good. Um, anytime your body's not having a good time assimilating something, it's, it's showing that your body's not processing something properly. Um, if you can't tolerate alcohol, um, hello, that's me. Um, if you, let me see, where else was this? Um, if you have like anxiety, brain fog, chemical sensitivity, depression, um, you can obviously have, um, wow, there's a lot of different medical conditions associated with it, but there's a lot. That's pretty much it. I mean, obviously birth defects, so we can get like cleft palate, congenital heart defects, spina bifida, tongue ties. For pregnancy, you can be more prone to like cervical dysplasia, miscarriages, um, placenta abruption, postpartum depression, preeclampsia, um, along with obviously increased risk of cancer, chronic fatigue, um, different um, 
heart conditions like high blood pressure, heart disease, um, definitely, I would even link to that forms of um, metabolic issues. So if you're struggling with like diabetes, cholesterol levels, um, those those can all be, you know, very much so linked to detoxification. Um, so other ways that methylation is, is definitely an MTHFR, it, it can be important and maybe you can kind of pick out some of these symptoms is melatonin. So methylated serotonin becomes melatonin. And so if you struggle with falling asleep, um, if you struggle with histamine issues, so histamine is, is released in response to our immune system. And if you are constantly, you know, prone to like runny nose, um, insomnia, things like that. When hit, when histamine is methylated, your body can get rid of it. But if you do struggle to methylate, that would make sense. We look at estrogen. So um, unmethylated estrogen is active. And when it's methylated, it, it can then be eliminated from your body. So if you're struggling to eliminate it, you're going to get all those higher estrogen symptoms, the PMS, menstrual issues. Obviously, we, we do worry about the increased meth, uh, estrogen in certain forms of cancers, especially if you're looking at the certain detoxification pathway. Um, it's cool because we obviously talked about neurotransmitters and we can look at we can kind of assume how methylation activity is happening more through COMT on the Dutch test, um, which is the hormone test that I really like to use. But we can see like if a lot of your neurotransmitters are kind of off and then the COMT is off, we can definitely kind of assume that there's definitely some methylation support to to be done. So um, we talked about things that can kind of make methylation lower, um, obviously key nutrients, B2, B9, B12, those are B2 is riboflavin, very high in liver, lamb, mushrooms, uh, salmon, eggs. We've got B9 or folate, which is found very high in, again, liver, beef, um, leafy greens, squashes, B12, which is in uh, red meat, salmon, clams, mussels, really any type of those shellfish, eggs. Um, vegans and vegetarians obviously have to supplement because those are all um, animal-based products. Um, magnesium is also really important because, again, it's that cofactor. So magnesium can be in dark leafy greens, nuts, seeds. Um, I love coconut is a great source of magnesium. Avocados are amazing. Um, so, you know, definitely being able to get what you can through food and then being able to use the rest um, by trying to really support your liver health. Glutathione is really important for a lot of these people. I love castor oil packs because it's really helping to take burden off of the liver so that the body can be properly supported. Um, really making sure that you're minimizing in chemicals in your environment, really taking a just a good look and seeing what am I exposing myself to making sure that you're drinking filtered water because you are going to be more sensitive to the arsenic and chlorine and other different chemicals that definitely can make that gene more susceptible. Um, let's see. Okay. So I, I mentioned a little bit about, uh, COMT, which COMT is, uh, a, another kind of enzyme or gene that that can be turned on or off and I do consider this kind of like with a methylation because like I said the COMT is something that we especially can look at when we are supporting our hormones especially estrogen detoxification so 
things that can be linked to COMT are um, ADD, hyperactivity, bipolar, breast cancers, fibroids, PMS, uh, history of preeclampsia, different uterine cancers, um, stress-related hypertension. Um, also, if your ADD or your um, sorry COMT is fast, you can be prone to ADHD, addictive disorders, whether it's drugs, alcohol, gambling, shopping, whatever, depression. You might be more prone to like learning disabilities and things like that. So there, it's cool because in in the book that I'm was telling you guys, that everyone needs to read. Um, there's kind of like a quiz, so it was cool because when I look at where I was, you know, a few years ago, I was at a different spot than I am now. And even from doing my Dutch test, I know that I also um, am a little susceptible to a COMT. So if your COMT is dirty, you might not have enough of the cofactors. So you might have um, not enough like magnesium, B vitamins, the SAMe that I was talking about, but please do not just go blindly supplement with SAMe. It's, it's very potent. And if you take too much and it's not right for you, it can definitely almost cause like over detoxification symptoms. So you can get things like depression and like really low mood and things like that. But if it's right for you, it could be a really good supplement, but please do not just take that. Um, cause then you can make the G in too fast and that's not great. Um, you obviously want to elevated homocysteine is a, is a huge part of this too much stress. Stress is causing a buildup of those stress neurotransmitters that then if your liver is already sluggish to taking care of, um, overexposure to different environmental toxins like xenoestrogens, plastics, personal care products. I look at it's summertime. So I'm seeing all the people use Roundup and pesticides and all of these different things that it's like, that is so not good. Um, so it's all about supporting yourself how you can and really controlling what you can in your environment. That is always the key. Um, magnesium, um, the B2, B9, uh, B12, the protein, magnesium, those are very, very similar nutrients that we talked about with MTHFR. Um, something that you might notice if you are if you have a slower COMT or COMT, we'll call it COMT because that's just easier to say, um, you you might also, um, which is, I kind of resonate with, like you're very productive because you, you could just sit, sit down and like be productive for hours. But, um, but when you get stressed, it really sticks around with you. So like it takes a second to kind of come down to stress. And I think a lot of with all methylation, if you're prone to stress or feeling stressed and that stress kind of hanging around, it's really just, I know it sounds silly and I know it sounds like it's not going to work, but finding pockets of time where you can just take a few minutes to practice deep breathing, whether it's box breathing or a meditation or just simple belly breathing and being present. I, that is one thing that I've really challenged myself to do. And it has truly made a huge difference. And I've been able to see it help make a difference with, with things on my, my Dutch tests where we can look at comped and ethyl, uh, estrogen detoxification and things like that. So, um, other things that really can help is, is definitely forming some type of a routine um, because that's going to help with the melatonin production. Um, that's definitely going to just help with taking stress off your body. It's definitely very stressful when your body's not on a rhythm. It, when your body's not on that circadian rhythm and you're going to bed, you know, maybe nine o'clock one night, but then 11 o'clock and then 1030 and then one o'clock, it's your body just, it's, it's constantly traveling across time zones, even though it's not, but your body thinks that, and that that's very stressful. Um, you obviously want to avoid various forms of environmental toxins. We talked a lot about those, whether it's cosmetics, personal care in your home, cleaning supply, definitely trying to minimize also, you know, what you can 
that might be sprayed on your food. So I really like using the EWG Dirty Dozen for that. Or if you're shopping locally for produce, just simply ask the farmer what their farming practices are. Do they spray their vegetables? Because even if it, even if you're going to a small farm or farmer's market, they might not have the funds or want to go through all the hoops that you need to go through for the organic label. So it's just really important to ask them about their practices. You want to make sure you have balanced estrogen. You That obviously starts in the gut by healthy bowel movements, but certain foods like beets, carrots, onions, artichokes, bitter vegetables like dandelion greens, radishes, dandelion root, burdock, some of my absolute favorites for supporting the liver. That's going to really be a, just a huge functional food because you're not only supporting COMT, you're not only supporting MTHFR methylation, you're supporting overall glutathione production and just overall ability for your body to process these things. Um, eating with a balanced blood sugar is very important for these because sometimes when you're eating too much, like if you have a slow COMT, you can have slower digestion, be more prone to uh, bloating and things like that. So eating, you know, three balanced meals a day, spacing those meals out three to five hours, being able to sit down slowly chew your food, but also having food that's very balanced. So protein forward, lots of healthy fat, good fiber, and, you know, consuming healthy amounts of carbohydrates, but within a balanced portion. And when you consume those last at a meal, that also helps a lot with the blood sugar balance. Um, Definitely measuring levels of stress finding kind of when you just need to take a break, when you need to block out just a few minutes to do deep breathing. I do this all the time in the car. If I'm in traffic or if I just think about it, I just, it feels good to just take a deep breath and do a little bit of nervous system. Um, I really resonated with the point that Dr. Ben Lynch made in his book. I'm going to read it word for word. I had it bookmarked. Make sure you get all the breaks, days off, and vacations you need. You might feel like a superhero, and most of the time you might even act like one, but overexertion is your kryptonite. Listen to your body and rest is needed. That spoke to me more than you can even imagine. And if you are a type A person, but you have slow COMT or methylation issues, we need to prioritize that. And that's what's hard for us if you resonate with that because you do work very well under pressure, you work really well and you're productive for an extended period of time. Whereas if you're a fast, if you have fast comped, you actually are on the other side where it's, you're very easily distracted. You don't concentrate very well. So I really, I, I highlighted that a million different times um, because it just, it's really stuck out with me. And I think that we all need to be good about setting boundaries. We can't do everything all the time. And so I do everything during a specific period of time and then I shut off and I really decompress. And that helps me a lot. And genetically and hormonally, that's helped me a ton. Moving through exercise, because exercise is a great way to just burn through various stress neurotransmitters, of course, within a balance. Um, Really see how you feel with certain things like caffeine, chocolate, um, things that can maybe be Uh, increasing energy. Sometimes with people with slow COMT, you can very much so have caffeine sensitivities. Um, I don't, but I feel like when I don't do it with a meal and if I did it too late in the afternoon, it doesn't suit me well. So it's not that you can't have those things. It's just notice how they make you feel and just eat them properly. Like caffeine on an empty stomach, I'd be, no, can't do it. It's excessive. So, but, but see how you feel. People who have fast COMT, they love all the caffeine. They're like, give me another cold brew. Give me another cold brew. Give me another piece of chocolate. It's three o'clock. No problem. I can have caffeine. No problem. Cause you're fast COMT, which isn't great. You want it in a balance. You don't want things too fast. You don't want things too slow. Um, 
I'm going to wrap it up there because I have to hop on a call and I could talk about this for a very long time. So thank you guys for listening. If this is something that interests you, just feel free to reach out and let me know and I would be happy to continue expanding. Definitely make sure you check out the resources that I mentioned in the podcast. I think that would be extremely helpful for you guys to just continue learning from just amazing experts. So thanks so much for tuning in. Be sure to leave a five-star review. If you're enjoying the show, I would greatly appreciate it and have a great week.